I'm going to guess that over the last several weeks, you have probably heard this phrase, tis the season, several different times. And maybe you've heard, tis the season for this, and tis the season for that. But this morning, I'm going to start out this way. I'm going to say, tis the season for arrivals. Right? I mean, think about it. Right now, this is the season for all kinds of arrivals. People everywhere are waiting for something or someone to arrive. Millions of people around the world are waiting for the doorbell to ring, or maybe even the ring to ring, (laughs) telling them that their packages from Amazon or Walmart or or Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's, that those presents, those things they've ordered are on their way, and not only, but they've finally arrived. Even children, we know this, that children are, uh, they just can't wait, right, for Christmas to arrive. They're so excited, they just can't wait for Christmas time and to be able to open their presents and, and, and to pull back the wrapping and there to find the, the thing that they've been so hoping for on, on Christmas Day, to see that brand new pair of socks. Well, maybe not socks for sure. But they're excited. They've been waiting for the things they've asked for. And maybe even more especially, people are waiting for a soldier to arrive home. To come in off the field and to be there for the holidays. Maybe parents are waiting for their college students to arrive to return home from college and spend a little time with them. And and maybe even just a close friend there to share the holidays in part with them. You see, everyone is waiting for that moment to say, it's here. It has arrived. Everyone is so excited about arrivals this time of year, except for this guy, of course. This guy probably and anyone else working with UPS, Bob Gruner probably knows this more than anyone, that if they never see another package arrive over the next couple, that's going to be okay with them. But everybody else, they're excited and they're waiting for different things to happen and arrive during the holidays. But When we talk about arrivals, we're not just talking about things that center around the holidays. We're talking about all types of arrivals. We as people live in this life where we're constantly expecting and waiting for things that are good and important to us to arrive. Some this morning are waiting for a child to arrive. As a matter of fact, I have to say this, that 32 years ago today, December 20th, Diane and I were waiting for our youngest son, Tate, to arrive. And we'd been waiting and so excited about that moment and thrilled when that moment finally arrived. But people are also waiting maybe for that graduation date that's coming up in just a few months. 
Something they've been working hard for in school. And they're waiting for that moment to walk the stage to finally arrive. And, and, and maybe for you, it is retirement. That retirement date has been coming and coming. And you're so excited about the fact that it's finally time for you to be able to get away from all of that work and all of those frustrations and do what you want to do. You see, there are all kinds of arrivals that we wait for and expect in our lives. The anticipation of something to arrive is just part of our world today. But what I want to tell us this morning is that anticipation of something to arrive, something that's good and important, even though that's something that we experience in our world today, that anticipation has been there even as far back as 2,000 years ago. For you see, there was a man who was expecting a great arrival in his name, was Simeon. Now, when you look at the narrative, the story of Jesus' birth, you're going to be familiar. We as Christians are very familiar with Joseph and Mary. We're, we're familiar with what role they play in the birth narrative of Jesus Christ. And we're familiar with the angels and the different roles angels played in telling and singing and, and revealing Jesus. We're, we're familiar with that and we're familiar with the role that the shepherds played and, and the wise men from men from afar. We, we're familiar with all of those characters in that birth story of Jesus. But Simeon, Simeon probably isn't quite as familiar to us as all of those other characters. But this morning, I want us to see and remember what very important role Simeon plays in the story of Jesus. So I'm going to encourage you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to give you very quickly, we're going to look at the quick backstory of Simeon. It's, it's not very long, it's only two verses long. But it gives us an idea of what is happening in the world of Simeon and who he is. It says, a man named Simeon lived in Jerusalem. He was a good man who was devoted to God. He was waiting for the time when God would come help Israel. The Holy Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit told him that he would not die before he saw the Christ from the Lord. The Spirit led Simeon to the temple. So he was there when Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to do what the Jewish law said they must do. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and he thanked God. It's true that as you looked at this moment that really many of the faithful of Israel at this time were waiting. They were anxiously waiting to to see and to experience the arrival of this great Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, one that they believed would help Israel and restore Israel to, to national prominence. They, they had that sense of waiting in them because of the prophets. The prophets had put in them this expectation and 
help them to sort of see that something good and great was coming in the future. It's Isaiah as one of the prophets, and even though many prophets said these things, Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 9, he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteous from this time forward and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah had put this hope and this expectation in the hearts of the faithful followers of God, of his people Israel. And as Jesus is going about doing his ministry, you see this expectation and this understanding come out in a woman who talked to him and said to him, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. You see, this idea of this coming Savior was in the minds of all the people. They they had some level of expectation and, and were waiting for this moment to arrive. But Simeon is very, very different. Understand and see here that Simeon is different because the Holy Spirit has given him this great promise that he is not going to die, that he's going to live until he sees the Messiah arrive, until he sees the Christ come and stand and live before him. And so Simeon is living every day in this sense and and in view of this promise that the Holy Spirit has given to him that this great Messiah, that this great Savior is going to come into the world. I don't really know exactly how he went about his life. And I I don't really know how this moment really happened for him necessarily. But in my imagination, here's what I see. I see Simeon. I see him going about his everyday life, doing whatever it is that Simeon does. And then finally, after waiting and waiting and waiting, finally the Spirit comes. And and in some way the Spirit comes on him and leads him into the temple. And, And seemingly leads him to the exact spot that he needs to be. And so Simeon is standing there, and then all of a sudden, a, a, a very inconspicuous and ordinary couple with a little baby steps up right in front of Simeon, and it seems like that at that very moment, the Holy Spirit says, there he is! It's the Christ! He has arrived! And again, this is just in my imagination, but maybe you, you, you think the same way too, that, that Simeon's face had to just explode with joy and excitement and, and disbelief that the moment had finally come. And, and I can just see Simeon in that joy stepping forward and thrusting out his arms, even without thinking to, to take that baby in his arms. And, and seemingly Mary, even without thinking herself, she just hands this newborn baby to, to a man she's never met before. And and Simeon takes his baby in his arms. 
And, and he's looking into this baby's face. And I want you to know, he doesn't say some of the things that we say when we see babies. He doesn't look in this baby and say, oh, what a cute man. What a cute, precious baby. And he doesn't look into this baby's face, and, and he doesn't look there and say, you know, Mary, I think he's got your eyes. <laughs> he, he, doesn't say, he doesn't even say what we sometimes say. You know, you know what we sometimes say. We look at the babies and we go, well, yep, that's a baby, all right. <laughs> he doesn't have any of those typical reactions that we might have. You see, Simeon, at this moment, he burst out into this spirit-inspired song of thanks. He burst out into this one verse, powerful song of thanksgiving to God that the Christ has finally arrived. Listen to his song. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for a revelation to the Gentiles and the glory to your people Israel. That's his song. He burst out this moment that the Christ has arrived. He is overcome with joy. He burst out in this song of thanksgiving because what he's been waiting for for so very long, has now arrived. Simeon's wait is over. God has fulfilled His promise. The Christ, the Christ has arrived. And in the words of Simeon, I see this spirit in which he's saying, I've finally been set free. I don't have to wait anymore. And as a matter of fact, if I had to die today, I would die in peace. Because in this child, I have seen the salvation of God. Can you imagine what a moment that must have been for Simeon. But if you look at that song and, and you think about what's being said, it, it's very clear that Simeon has two special points, two special concepts that are there that create this excitement in him about what has arrived. First of all, you see he's saying that, that he's excited that the light for the Gentiles has arrived. Well, we have to understand that since the days of Abraham, everyone that lived outside of the people of God, the covenant people of God, all of those people were living in spiritual darkness. And when I say spiritual darkness, I mean they were living in this, in this lack of understanding and knowledge of who God really, really was. And they were living a life. And they could see it as they encountered the Jewish people. They were living a life that was absent and devoid of all the hope 
and all the peace and all the goodness that God was bringing into his people's lives year after year and generation after generation. They were in this darkness, but now as Simeon holds this child in his arms, he can see that that darkness has finally been pierced. That the darkness has been pierced with this great light of God. A child who would one day lead others, not just the Jews, catch it, would lead others, the Gentiles, not just the Jews, to a life. That life that is full of peace and hope and goodness in God. The darkness has been pierced. The light and the life has come. And, and that's what John is trying to communicate in just a, a, a few ways here. As he says in his gospel, In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And then Jesus, as he walked through this world, made this statement to those who were listening. He said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not be in darkness, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8 and verse 12. When you hear those things, it, it, it's at that moment that you understand why Simeon is so incredibly excited about this moment. But here's what we need to remember and understand. That even though Simeon is so excited about this light coming into the world, he doesn't even get it. <laughs> he doesn't even understand it. He can't even wrap his mind around the nature of this, of this light. Yes, he and the Jewish people had some vague sense of how the light coming in the world was going to bless the Gentiles. But they never knew, they never saw the wide, vast, eternal implications that this light coming into the world was going to bring. They never saw that God was going to bring life and salvation into the lives of the entire world. Not just a few around them, but the entire world. And, and, and every nation, and every race, and every person, and every generation, even to this very day, to you and to me, that Jesus was going to be bringing this light of life. God's peace and hope and goodness into everyone's life who would put their faith in Jesus. You see, as we think about that truth, we understand this morning that that arrival... 2,000 years ago is still so incredibly exciting for us as Christians. The arrival of the Christ, of our Jesus, means everything to us today. It, it means that we are no longer in darkness. And it means that we have the light of Jesus. And, and think about it, that Jesus came 
And he gave his life so that we might have life. And that he could lead us out of that darkness and into the hope and the peace and the goodness of God today and forever. Praise God that the light has arrived. But then as you look at that, uh, that song of Simeon's, he then extols the fact that the glory for the Jews has arrived as well. You see, Israel had always been blessed with the glory of God. Now, when you look and you study and when we talk about glory, there, there are many nuances. There are many different ideas about the nature and the idea and the understanding of that term glory. But I, I want to center in on this one aspect because I think it's so central to what is being said here by Simeon. You see, the, the, the Jews, Israel, had always been blessed with the glory of God. Meaning, here's what I mean, always been blessed with the presence of God. You see, they had always known what it was like to have God with them, right? Think about it. As they're coming out of captivity, they know that God is with them, right? A pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, God is with them and leading them out of this captivity into his promised land. And then a very strange but marvelous thing is that when Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and he gets just this tiny snippet, this little glimpse of God and his glory that seemingly from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it lights up Moses' face. And for the rest of Moses' life, and as he comes in and out of the presence of God, he is going to shine, literally shine on his face, the very presence of God. And every time that the people look at Moses, they're going to say, God, we can see God. It's shining out of his face. And remember a few weeks ago as we uh, talked about uh, Riverside Moments, we said that the presence of God was real and in, in, the, in, the, in the vision of people as long as that temple was up there on Mount Zion. Remember that? That, that God, his, his Shekinah glory is there in the Holy of Holies, there with the Ark of the Covenant. And as long as that's there, God is with us and God is caring for us and God is blessing us. So, so the very glory, the presence of God had been experienced by all of God's people for generations after generation. But you see at this moment, as Simeon holds this baby Jesus in his arms, the glorious presence of God is now closer to humanity than ever before. Think about it. This child is no cloud. This child is no pillar of fire. This child is no radiant beaming upon someone else's face. This child, this child is Emmanuel. This child is God with us. 
God with us. This child is the fulfillment of that prophecy of Isaiah in, in Isaiah 7 in verse 14 where they're told that this Messiah is coming and, and the reality is that he's going, to be, he's going to be born of a virgin and he will be a son and that son will be named Emmanuel because it's God with us. And that's the same thing that the angel told Joseph in, in, in preparation for the birth of this child. He said, listen, you're not just having another kind of child. What you're about to experience is the birth of Emmanuel, God with us. At this moment in time, what Simeon is seeing and what he is realizing is the presence and the glory of God is now among the people in flesh and blood. That's why John says in his gospel, again in 1 John, that's why he says, the Word became flesh, now watch this, and made His dwelling among Him, and we have seen His glory. Glory of the One and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You see, glory, the presence of God has arrived. God is now going to touch people. He's going to teach He's going to heal people. God has come and He's going to cry with people here on this earth. And ultimately, He's going to die for people. And He's going to set them free from the greatest enemy they have in their lives, Satan and his grip of sin and death. Glory, the glory of God has arrived in Jesus. But once again, here's something I don't want us to miss. And that is, is that as we're sitting here thinking about how amazing that must have been at that moment when, when Simeon was holding the glorious presence of God in his arms, how amazing that must have been. Or maybe what it would have been like to have walked and talked with Jesus, with the glorious presence of God. As amazing as those things would have been, you need to remember and you need to take joy in the fact this morning that now the glorious presence of God is not just out there somewhere and didn't just arrive someday, but now the glorious presence of God is in us. It's closer than ever before God can't get any closer to us. He is dwelling within each and every one of us. That moment in which we were raised up from the waters of baptism and the Holy Spirit came in and filled us, filled us up with the presence of God. 
That moment that that happened, the glory of God began residing within us, guiding us and strengthening us and supporting us more personally than anyone in history had ever known. God is closer to us than he was to Moses. God is closer to us than he was to David. God is closer to us than he was Simeon because he is living and dwelling in our hearts today. He's there to bless us and to do good for us and and so that we might know That in the bleakest and in the loneliest moments of our lives, He is there. He is near. And He is ready to work and to do His good and perfect will in our lives. My encouragement As we take all of that in this morning, my encouragement is very, very simple. We as Christians have every reason, every reason in the world to have that same spirit of excitement that Simeon had. That moment has not passed. It should be alive within each and every one of us today. We we should be those who are still rejoicing in that Jesus has arrived and He has brought light and glory right into each and every one of our lives. And as we see that and rejoice in that, we like Simeon need to keep speaking We need to proclaim to a lost and a darkened world that a Savior for them has arrived. And He's here and He has brought hope and joy and peace for them to partake of if they would just look to Him by faith. Yes, we should have the spirit of Simeon continue to rejoice, continue to tell others about the light and the glory But one last thing, we should continue, just like Simeon, to wait. (laughs) To wait with great anticipation for that one last ultimate arrival. The second coming of our Savior. That moment when He will come for us and He will take us home to be with our Father who's been waiting for us to arrive for so very long. This morning, I pray that the life and the glory of Jesus is in you today. If it's not, we want to help you understand what it means to have faith in Jesus and how you can receive all all of His blessings in your life as well. If you have any questions in any way that we can help you in that journey, you can go to our website or you can go to you at sunset.cc and we can help you, I know, find the light and the glory of God for your life. We pray this is a blessed week for you.